You've stumbled into the Raising the Ravenbarks podcast, where you get to hear the chaotic life of me, Danielle Ravenbark, and from time to time, my husband, Jerry, as well, as we try to raise four good humans. There will be victories, there will be fails, laughs, maybe laughs so we don't cry, certainly deep breaths as we try to keep our daily lives in a zen state, as if that's even possible. But in any case, together with my husband, Jerry, we have four kids, ages six, four, three, and one, and this is our life and our parenting conversations. So as I mentioned last time, you're listening to a new rebranded podcast, was rebranded from Have Kids They Said to Raising the Ravenbarks, which is more on brand with our Facebook page where you can go watch and like our funny videos there and is differentiated from another awesome podcast on Sirius XM Radio called Have Kids They Said. So I hope you'll enjoy this content of Raising the Ravenbarks. And today I'm doing an update about Gardner. So as I mentioned previously, in October 2019, Gardner was diagnosed with autism. And that has led us on a very interesting journey. I think as a parent, when you know something's off, you just know, and you have to trust your gut. I have been, mm, what should I say, extra worried, neurotic, um, overkill. I don't know. Not sure what the correct term for my um, helicopter helicopter parenting, which I try not to be, is, Um, but I feel like I've know I knew something was up with Gardner since he was maybe a little before two, honestly. And it took us until age five to actually kind of do something about it. Um, and honestly, I, this is just a PSA for every parent out there to just trust your instincts when you know you know. Uh, and I don't beat myself up for not acting sooner because um, it was it, it's hard to know. He was my he's my first kiddo. It's kind of a wait and see, but after our diagnosis in October 2019, um, we talked about it briefly in our January 2020 podcast that Jerry and I did, but since then, we have just been basically a year of therapy with him, so we were doing occupational therapy twice a week uh, to deal with some of his sensory things, as well as speech therapy once a week. And then in July, we added, we took a break from from OT and speech, and we added in uh, some sessions which uh, with an LMFT, which is a licensed marriage family therapist who specializes in, in dealing with autism at the Teach Center in Greenville. And so, and it was virtual. Um, OT and speech were, were in person during all this, and OT uh, occupational therapy was helpful for him dealing with his pencil grasp. Um, he was kind of coloring with a fist. Uh, it was also helping figure out what works for him as he starts to sit in a chair uh, in class in, in a school setting. Uh, so what kind of things and tools can we give him in his toolbox to be able to function in a mainstream classroom? Things like we used a wiggle seat. We have a TheraBand that he can kick uh, he really likes to chew on things. So he has a little, uh, we call it a chewy. It's like this little rubber necklace that he can chew on and it helps him concentrate. So 
We've done bear crawls and wall push-ups for break times, just basically throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. So what has wound up sticking for Gardner is a wobble seat, a chewy. He does not take the wobble seat to school. That works. That's kind of new to me, actually. Um, we used it in OT, but I bought one for at home here in the last couple of weeks. That seems to have worked. And using his chewy and his his writing grasp got better. His speech has gotten better. He had a, a little lisp that we corrected with speech therapy. And just working with him on turn taking and understanding rules. Gardner loves rules. So we basically, gosh, I was in therapy all the time, I felt like. Uh, so we, with all that therapy, I was just constantly going to appointments and honestly, probably struggling pretty hard, um, pretty hard on, on balancing it all. I mean, luckily, Jerry was doing one of the appointments a week. Um, I was combining OT and speech back to back. So I was taking him in the morning, dropping him at daycare, then running to work. It was kind of crazy. And then in March, when the pandemic hit, I was at home. So that helped me actually slow things down a little bit. I wasn't having to commute 45 minutes uh, to work to be able to, you know, be present, even though I was, uh, you know, late to work. Um, you had scheduled to be late to work that day. It just, it, it increased my productivity, not having to run around. But, you know, it was definitely the juggle struggle, as I just kind of deem those things. But when, when things shut down in March, I mean, it was kind of a relief, but then I had all my kids at home, so <laughs> that was something else. But I talked a little bit also about having all of them home last time, and Gardner especially, um, with remote school. I mean, the start to it was awful. We were crying every day. I was threatening him. And the one of the things, I won't say the only thing, one of the things that, that got me through was working with his therapist at the Teach Center, which is specific to autism. That woman is a godsend. I mean, just just realigning my expectations, making sure I understand uh, how his brain works and what works for him and what doesn't and doing therapy together and just being so understanding. Like that woman is a saint. Honestly, the, the therapy was for Gardner, but I mean... <laughs> The therapy was for me, too, uh, because they helped me deal with all the behaviors that he was having and all the emotions that he did not know how to express. And so it got me through some of those most challenging behaviors. And so between that therapist and his um, occupational therapist, those two ladies trying to try different things from a sensory perspective, just provided me all the tools and all the guidance on how to work more beneficially with Gardner. And so as hard as remote school was, it did get better. Uh, we did keep at it. We did keep trying. And, you know, I was actually kind of grateful for remote school when my brother got married in September because we were able just to kind of take remote school on the road, uh, which was great. Uh, but I got to the end of the year and it's just like, man, did we really survive this? Um, are we going to be okay? I didn't know that how are you was going to be such a loaded question. Um, and I, I never thought I would just strive for mediocre, especially with Gardner. Um, <laughs> we're just, we're striving to get by, striving to get by. 
And so that is, you know, the year of therapy that we had on top of COVID. Um, it was really crazy transitioning to kindergarten, virtual, face-to-face, virtual. Now we're face-to-face. And honestly, every time we transition, it's hard. Every time. Uh, we're back face-to-face now with Gardner. And when we went back face-to-face, they started sending home homework, which completely warranted, I understand, but it was new and it was a struggle and I couldn't get him to sit. I couldn't get him to focus. I mean, just trying to breathe and and figure out what is going to work for Gardner. And, you know, eventually over time, the last few weeks, he's gotten the hang of it. Today, oh my gosh, today, today was the first time that he managed to do homework all on his own. Praise the Lord. Because I got to say, Katie Jane, who I will talk about in the next episode, is home and does her, you know, assignments, quote unquote, that I give her uh, without a whole lot of handholding. Garner is just a different child. And so it has been tough. I have also worked initially with the school district here to try to get an IEP. And so for those of you that don't know what that is, an IEP is an individualized education plan. I actually started this process back in February 2020, and it took until January 2021 to finally get all the pieces together just because of the pandemic. Here I was trying to be proactive, but in March when we were supposed to have testing and everything got shut down, it was a real uh, struggle to try to, you know, get the safety measures in place to get the testing done. It just, everything just took a long time. And ultimately, I guess I'm fortunate. Um, I am fortunate. Gardner's really smart. So for all the struggles I just mentioned about getting him to sit still or focus or concentrate or do things by the directions and not in his own way, at the end of the day, he's super smart. So. Ultimately, the result of that meeting was that he did not qualify for an individualized education plan because he is, you know, reading and his math skill between his reading and his math skills, he is at or above grade level in these things, which is fantastic. The thing that was really challenging for Gardner is time management and executive functioning and getting his schoolwork done and being able to focus that kind of thing. So I initially was disappointed that we didn't get an IEP, but understood at the same time. And I thought, well, I, I know they had said, well, we can always revisit it at another time. And, you know, just kind of put it aside until last week when we managed to get a 504 for him. So thank God for his teacher, because his teacher has been paying attention to him. He, Like I mentioned, he had a really hard time going back face to face Uh, He loves routines, and so the first day back, it was raining, and the last thing the kids do before they go home in his class is go to recess, and because of the rain, he did not get to go to recess. So when he came home that day and I said, how was school? He said, I'm done with school. I never want to come back. I said, you do? Well, what happened? And he said, well, I didn't get to go to recess today. And I had to not laugh at him because I'm like, well, but it's raining. Like, of course, you didn't get to go to recess. But to him, school is supposed to look a certain way. And it's hard not when it doesn't to be able to say that it's okay. And it wasn't okay. It wasn't okay to him. And so he told me as such. And because of that, he didn't want to go back. 
and he had a really hard time. And they're not 100% back yet. They are four days a week, so Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. And he's at home on Wednesday, and so we're still doing remote school on Wednesdays, and that's fine. But his teacher noticed that he had a hard time, too. And and luckily, she has been fantastic with him. Her and I talked about it, and she ultimately sent home some paperwork along with the guidance counselor for a 504, which is kind of like a step below an IEP. So Gardner doesn't get pulled out for class or anything like that, but a 504 does allow him, in his in particular, to get extra time when he needs it, to stand up and take breaks when he needs it. Sometimes his teacher just kind of lets him lie on the floor. He'll just say, he'll just come in in the morning and say, I'm not feeling it today. And his teacher will say, well, okay. And he'll just lay on the floor for like 10 or 20 minutes. And then when he's ready, he gets up and he goes to his his chair and he gives her no more problems after that. Uh, So they have really gotten to know each other and I'm grateful for her and for all that she's doing on that because man, if, if he was forced to sit in a chair all day, that would be such a struggle for him. And I know that because I'm constantly bartering and begging and <laughs> bargaining with him to get his schoolwork done. Like, just do one more assignment and you can go play video games or watch TV or whatever it is. So I understand the the struggle. But again, he, she recognized that he's going to need more time. She wanted to put something in place so that he could get what he needed to be successful because at the end of the day, the ultimate goal of all these teachers in public school should be, is in our case, and should be that each kid has the ability to succeed, whatever that looks like. And of course, there are standards they have to meet, but because Gardner's meeting those standards, um, this minor modification to allow him some extra time to think, to take a break when he needs to, is hopefully going to be put in place and work and work with him so that he can be successful. And that is the ultimate goal. So ultimately, I'm I'm really happy with where we've wound up. And I mean, even if my new goal is to strive for mediocre from time to time, I think we're doing a little bit more than that. So I will say good riddance to 2020. And there were, there was a lot to be thankful for. Uh, Like I said, I was, I'm super lucky to be able to uh, stay home and work at home and have spent that time with the kids when they were out, uh, when I had pulled them out of daycare because of the, the, um, the coronavirus. But I just feel like, as tough as it has been, in some ways, we've thrived. And I think, Gardner's resilience is really admirable because I know things are a little harder for him than the average kid. But I will say that in all of this, that Jerry, my husband, Jerry's going to kill me, but I speak about all of this because it's real. Uh, Because, you know, the year of therapy, uh, we went from Gardner hitting walls and kicking things and hitting me to a much more settled um, just kid. And whether that's I got trained by the therapist or he started getting what he needed and has found ways to calm himself, whatever the case is, that is what it looked like. So from hitting and, you know, screaming and back talking me 
to a much more settled kid who is not perfect by any means, um, still has those moments, but my ability to deal with it is, is much better than it was. And, and I am walking this balance of, of holding Gardner accountable and being accommodating. And I think that's where Jerry will give you, would give you a different perspective. And that's why I said, well, Jerry's going to think that this sounds like a whole lot of excuses for Gardner. And yet it's a good balance. Um, it's good to find a partner that is a balance for you because even though I'm neurotic and on top of everything and on top of Gardner, I'm making sure he's getting things done and, and all of that. Jerry treats him his favorite phrase, which I love is unique, not weak. That's what he tells Gardner. And he reaches Gardner on a totally different level than I do. And while I'm in the the nuts and bolts and the nitty gritty of the day to day with him, Jerry finds ways to remember things that are important to Gardner in ways that are is difficult for me. And that inroads to connect with Gardner is amazing. And it gives him a different rapport than what Gardner and I have. And his mentality is unique, not weak. Uh, Jerry's mentality for Gardner is unique, not weak. And so while, yes, he wants him to be just as successful as I do, of course, and um, make some accommodations, but not so far as to give him a pass. And so while there are times that I say, well, I just don't know if this is something Gardner can do, Jerry says he can and he'll push him a little more. And I'm grateful for that because you got to have a balance. And so there's been a lot going on, a lot going on with Gardner, a lot going on in our house. And next week, you're going to hear about Katie Jane. So with that, I'm going to close up this episode. So thanks for listening to Raising the Ravenbarks. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. Nothing but five stars now so that we can uh, increase our visibility in Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And if you like this, I'm sure you'll love our funny videos on our Facebook page called Raising the Rivenbarks. So go there and check it out. And hopefully you will enjoy what we've got posted. So until next time, we'll try to keep our chaos to a minimum. I'm Danielle Rivenbarks. See you in two weeks.